So talking about Alberta's economic issues, Canada's economic issues, as things are going up and down or coming out of the pandemic and the growth is there. It's very, very small though. Very, very small, as we just reported by StatsCan. Uh, so one area that we could see some growth in is cryptocurrency. Apparently, some of these crypto companies are coming to Canada. Wow, there's alliteration. Cryptocurrencies coming to Canada. Um, why? Well, because they're having a hard time operating where they traditionally have in China. Things are changing there. So let's see. Are there some concerns? Is this all good news? Let's get details on this. We're going to chat with Jonathan Ip, who is a cryptocurrency lawyer at Toronto-based Iterative Law. Uh, Jonathan, thank you for your time this morning. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Uh, glad to be on. Okay, so let's just start here. When we're talking about cryptocurrency businesses and companies, what exactly are we talking about here? Uh, we're, we're talking about um, businesses that, uh, broadly speaking, use um, what's known as a, a blockchain technologies. It's um, basically a technology, um, it's almost like a, a ledger, uh, so it's a way of keeping track of transactions, but um, uh, and, and it, it allows transactions to be um, uh, sort of the record of all these transactions to be kept across um, you know, multiple computers all across the world, um, internet-based. So inherently, the technology is actually um, a global in nature, which is a, a very interesting aspect of it. Um, cryptocurrency sort of came out of it. Um, sort of broadly speaking, it's a, a way. Uh, it's a it's a type of digital asset. So uh, it's not physical um, that you can uh, transact with. You can transfer. Um, and so I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have heard about Bitcoin, mm -hmm, yeah. Ethereum. So those are the sorts of things that we're talking about. How big are these businesses? Are we talking? I mean, I mean, is it all just computers, or is there a lot of staff that's involved as well, and, and infrastructure and facilities and that sort of thing? Yeah, so so for crypto mining companies, um, it, it's mostly the uh, the equipment itself. So um, over the the, the years, um, the specialized uh, computer equipment has actually been developed to uh, to to be very efficient in in crypto mining. Um, so it's it's a lot of facilities. There's definitely um, uh, maintenance, uh, you know, operational. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, sort of aspects, so you definitely need people around um, to sort of make make sure things are, are running smoothly. Um, so, uh, depending on the on the size of the operations and uh, and just sort of the, the needs, I think of the operations, um, you, there's definitely some potential for, uh, for for additional jobs, economic for some employment. Yeah, which is great. That's mm -hmm. fantastic. So, yeah. why are they leaving China? What's going on in China? Are they cracking down on these kinds of operations? Yeah, so so China's um, since 2017, they've actually um, and they said it's over the last several years. Uh, they kind of keep reiterating that um, they view um, sort of cryptocurrencies as, as sort of a dangerous um, and, and sort of unpredictable technology. Uh, and so uh, the most recent, um, and this just sort of happened in the last few months, um, was they, uh, they they actually um, started uh, kicking out crypto miners. So historically, a lot of um, uh, businesses or companies in uh, um, uh, crypto mining companies were actually based in China because uh, they were able to get access to cheap electricity, um, you know, a, a personnel uh, and locations to do it. Um, but, but China has actually been cracking down on them since um, probably, I'd say, in the summer. And then recently they've reiterated um, even more forcefully this year. Uh, what's interesting is they they, uh, they seem to have coordinated uh, a number of the regulators have actually coordinated uh, with the banks to also say you know um, crypto is not welcome here. Um, you know, any businesses even transacting in crypto shouldn't be doing it. So they've been very explicit about that. What is the primary concern? They just don't like the technology itself, or is there some sort of impact these operations have on their country? 
I, I think it's probably a, a few things. Um, I mean, one of the things that, that they've been focusing on from a governmental level is actually creating a, uh, a digital currency, so the digital one, uh, which um, uh, you, you may have heard of. So they've actually been taking, um, looking at this technology, and, and they, they look at the technology, and uh, they're definitely um, interested in using the technology, but mm-hmm. they want to create their own digital currency. And other countries have been sort of looking at that as well. So effectively being able to print money um, traditionally, so like fiat currencies, but in a digital manner that uh, they effectively can control through their central banking system. So what one potential concern around cryptocurrencies, and, and China is not the only one that, that has these issues, so, you know, countries um, all across the world are sort of struggling with how they want to deal with cryptocurrencies, is how, how do you regulate something that uh, that is um, inherently sort of created by by multiple, you know, computers all over the world? Yeah, and the whole point is really not to be regulated, right? That's the basis of it. A part, part of it, I, I think... It, it, it originally came as a backlash. I'd say Bitcoin started more as a backlash to the 2008 credit crunch, right? Uh, where, um, you know, correctly or not, um, there's a perception that the centralized banking functions, the institutional, and that's like basically um, it, the entire financial system was ground to a, halt, to a complete stop and, and almost collapsed because um, a, a few people that were controlling the financial system were able to uh, basically increasingly put risk on the yeah. entire system without the input of other people. And so it, in and this was sort of a way of kind of going the opposite direction, which is what if we could create a system uh, where transfer value could actually be uh, controlled not by a centralized system, but by a decentralized system through consensus, through people actually using the system. And so you're right in that, in that it, it's inherently not supposed to, um, inherently difficult to regulate, yeah. um, difficult to control. Um, but there are definitely uh, over the years, um, you know, regulations around, say, you know, anti-money laundry, know your client um, uh, type regulations. A lot of countries have actually put in place um, uh, specific regulations to deal with virtual asset service providers, so those actually interact with crypto. So you might not be able to control the system, the the, the blockchain system, but you can definitely regulate um, to a large extent the people who actually interact with it. So um, it could be the financial, uh, but the banks, it could be the the, the other financial, um, you know, players, um, uh, securities providers, those sorts of things. Um, now, when we talk about you know. Canadian companies getting involved here or these companies moving to Canada, when you're talking about an internet-based business like this, is it actual physical companies that were operating in China relocating their operations to Canada, or is it Canadian companies jumping in to fill a void as these Chinese companies close? I mean, how is this working out? So a, a number of ways. I mean, uh, even before this, we, we uh, in Canada, we we do have a number of uh, crypto mining businesses. Actually, a couple of public ones. Um, you know, uh, like Hut Eight, for example, is probably one of the more more uh, sort of larger ones that's listed on TSX, uh, Riot Blockchain, and so on. So we do have existing uh, uh, companies that that do crypto mining as a business. Um, the the opportunity I think that um, they and other uh, smaller businesses are seeing is that with a push uh, uh, since these existing crypto miners in China are being pushed out, and I, I forget the, the stat exactly, but at one point, I think uh, something like 46% of, of Bitcoin mining was done in China, in, in that region. So you can see there's actually a, a, a large opportunity for not just Canada, but other countries yeah. and, and other um, sort of entrepreneurial businesses to take advantage of, well, if, if the, that equipment's not being used, or those businesses are, can't operate there anymore, what can we do here? 
Um, so can, should, can we buy the equipment from them, uh, perhaps at discounted rates? Can we set up operations here and yeah. mine it ourselves? Can we enter into re- arrangements where they still own the business, but now we're operating it for them in Canada, in a, in a, you know, in an area, uh, in a country where uh, they have less of a political risk as a result, right? So less likely that, um, you know, the entire system is going to be shut down overnight. Um, and so those are the opportunities that, um, that, that the crypto miners in Canada are seeing. Um, I, I will say that um, when the first crackdown sort of happened back in the summer, um, there was a lot of uh, talk about um, lar- some of the larger miner- miners setting up operations in the U.S. and Texas in particular. Yeah. Um, which and, and so, but that's sort of trickling into Canada as well because we've got, um, well, broadly speaking, you know, a, a similar or, or better electricity rates. Um, I think one of the actual advantages is that in certain parts of Canada, uh, like northern Alberta, Manitoba, uh, northern Quebec, uh, the 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 climate is actually better for the equipment because uh, th- these are fundamentally computers so they generate yeah. heat and um, you know you're putting that in a location like Texas where it's hot they're not going to last as long or you're going to have to spend a lot of electricity you know just just cooling them or as you put it into a more temperate location uh, like in Canada you know your equipment's actually going to run better and it's going to last longer so that is definitely an advantage um, and then in, 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 on, on top of that a lot of the electricity that we're talking about and and this kind of goes to um, uh, Elon Musk sort of um, was was to- was talking about some of the dangers of uh, the environmental impact and in, in, in sort of, um, of of Bitcoin mining, um, you know, months ago, and uh, that sort of caused caused a bit of a kerfuffle. But uh, there, with the increasing um, desire to see um, either zero impact or low impact or even environmentally friendly um, all alternatives, uh, the, the fact that. You know, Canada's um, electricity is generated uh, a lot by natural resources. So, you know, hydro yep. um, in, in Alberta, you know, we've got the uh, the, the off-gassing. So, you know, the, the, the natural gas you would normally flare or, um, or, or have to off-gas anyway in order to access the, the oil. Uh, you can actually take advantage of that and use that to generate electricity and uh just you know, putting it into the environment. So ESG, environmentally friendly Bitcoin, is uh, is something that a lot of, uh, I think, uh, companies and miners have been talking about, particularly in Canada. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, opportunity is opportunity. But like you say, it's there, there are things that need to be considered. And I know that the environmental concerns around it have been big. And uh, a mm-hmm. lot of places have a lot of problems with that. So if we can move it in a greener direction, it seems even more attractive then. Yeah, for for sure. I mean, I, I I mean, right now, I don't think you you necessarily see a, a premium for quote unquote sort of green Bitcoin, yeah. but um, th- there's a lot of talk about that, and there are definitely businesses out there that are are. And, and if, if you're in Canada and you actually have access to say hydro electricity, I mean, that's 100 percent renewable, and if you're using that to say do your mining, you can very safely say, hey, the, the Bitcoin that I create is actually um, environmentally friendly, as opposed to uh, you know the like in, in China, um, uh, a lot of the uh, electricity. While, while hydro serve for part of the year, they also do use coal, right? So not, not exactly the uh, the best um, uh, source of electricity. Yeah. And, and same same other parts of uh, the world. So I think there is an advantage there. And I think as we see this sort of movement towards more envi- environmentally friendly um, crypto, environmentally friendly sort of uh, regulations and, and interest in just environmentally friendly products generally, I think there's an advantage there for uh uh, companies that are setting up in Canada or, or operating in Canada. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting uh, opportunity presenting itself. Thanks very much, Jonathan. Appreciate your time. No, no, no problem. Uh, uh, thanks a lot for uh, for the chat. And uh, uh, yeah, any any uh, companies that are interested in in, uh, in looking at Canada, I, I definitely think it's a great place to be. Uh, lots of opportunity here. Yeah, uh, sounds for, like in it. This space. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks, Jonathan. Appreciate it. Okay. Okay. Take care. Yeah, you too. That's Jonathan Ip.
who is a cryptocurrency lawyer at Toronto-based Iterative Law.